everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Unique Minds podcast. I am your host JT and joining me for this first episode is Unique Minds founder Zoe Godden. Zoe, how you doing? Hello, I'm good. I'm so excited about this. You're back. I'm back. God, I've missed you guys. <laughs> We've missed you too, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's been uh, it's been a fairly bonkers couple of weeks. Unique Minds has had uh, an incredible intake of new members. So shout out to all of you guys that have joined our new community. We, we love launched, you. We love you. You know, we launched our Patreon campaign and we had our first early adopters, our founding patrons jump in. So it's been a, a really interesting time for the group and everything that's going on. Um, and it's it's only just getting started. So we know obviously that you've had some time away and this is going to be a, a theme of our first episode. So right now, given that you're sort of slowly now coming back into the into the mix, how are you feeling right now? What's your headspace like? My headspace, if I'm honest, is okay. It's not great. I, um, It's been a complete whirlwind the last two weeks. Um, obviously, my son got rushed into emergency surgery um, at Watford General um, for um, an acute appendicitis. Um, and what had actually happened is um, it had ruptured a good couple of days before we'd actually got in there. Um, you're going to get me all emotional again. He, he nearly lost his life. Um, but Watford were outstanding. They get so much bad press, JT. But my, my headspace at that moment in time, when, when you're in a situation like that, I didn't have any time to think about how I was feeling. So I'm quite an emotional person. I think anyone that watches my videos knows that. <laughs> I'm an empath. So every emotion comes into play with me of that feeling or the situation. And I had to be strong. I couldn't cry. Um, I couldn't get upset or emotional. I had to be strong for my eight-year-old boy who is one of the bravest kids I know. And he took everything in his stride. Um, and... Yeah, so now I've come out of that and he is, you know, just want everyone to know that he is massively on the men's. I'm actually currently having arguments with him about putting down a basketball um, because he can't he can't yet play. <laughs> we we uh, know basketball. you want to dunk, Riley. but <laughs> Yeah, you know, so I know he's better. <laughs> yeah. um, so obviously with him now being better, um, my mindset has taken a little bit of a, a turning point because now he's better. You know, the reality of nearly losing a child... Um, is by far the hardest feeling. Um, I'm going to get upset. Um, it was really hard. And now I'm massively struggling with separation anxiety for my son. Um, I can't leave his side. Um, and even my daughter, my daughter actually this weekend, she wants to go to her auntie's for the whole weekend because she's been such a sweetheart and she wa hasn't wanted to play properly and stuff like that because she feels bad because Riley can't. Right. And um, so she's and I'm I'm struggling with her going there for the whole weekend because I'm I think when you come so close to losing your child, um, you don't want them at your sight. Um, and so I've never I've never experienced separation anxiety with my children. They've had it with me, but I've never had it. Um, well, I'm normally like kick him out the door. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> well, it's a complete. You know I mean? It's a complete reversal, isn't it? Because it, you now, now you've been almost like forcibly in a way. You've been given this completely different perspective on this, yeah. and that's something I really wanted you to speak to. Which is, I know that certainly when you were um, in Watford with him, that mm. you know sleep became like this uh, completely <laughs> unknown quantity, right? Like yeah. it just it. I, I I can't remember the last time where I've had gone that amount of time with mm. getting no real rest like can do you did 
did you recognize like certain changes in your behavior just th- from the delirium of it? Like, did you find yourself doing things differently and saying things differently because of the lack of sleep? Yeah, I think I become a little bit more snappy to other people, not the children, um, to other people. I, whenever I come into play with an adult and I was away from my son, I think I would just burst into tears for like 20 minutes. Mm. Um, tiredness, obviously I've got bipolar, so tiredness isn't good. <laughs> with um with that and i mean i was awake for a good three days you know and wow you know yeah certain things you know like um obviously I'd, I'd get some sleep and then you know luckily it wasn't my son but unfortunately it was someone else's child where you know it was like i remember this i want to i want to say about this moment as well um because i think the nhs sometimes they've, they've been getting great press of late but i know what for general our local hospital gets quite a lot of bad press and i remember being woken up at 10 to 4 in the morning um, and there was alarms going off and all I could hear, I'm going to get emotional again, all I could hear was running footprints. And I mean, from all directions in the corridor, it was happening. Um, and you hear this mum crying. Um, and so I knew straight away something was going on. And I'm bearing in mind, you know, I was, you know, the starfish ward that, you know, and there's certain children on there. They've got wires and tubes hanging out of all of their body, which is really hard again to see as a as a visual right I as just, a visual yeah. and these 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 amazing women and men go into work and see this daily wow now that's superheroes right um and all i remember this night is i couldn't sleep once i heard it i just wanted i wanted to go out there and make sure the mum was all right but you know when you don't want to tread on toes and stuff like that of course and um and then it must have been about 35 minutes later and you hear all these nurses talking at the station about that firstly they take a breath um and secondly they're all like wow that was a close call well done guys and I just think doing that day in day out must be I mean we talk to people every day with mental health and that want to take their own lives but I think sometimes when you're working with children and you see that day I mean just wow and it really opened my eyes JT it really opened my eyes to these amazing men and women that, my God. It's incredible, isn't it? Like the, it the, is incredible. The, the mental toughness, the fortitude that they yeah. have to be able to not only deal with the moment itself, you know, those high pressure yeah. instances where it really is life or death, but mm. also the knowledge that when their shift ends, they go home, but they're waking up and they're doing it all again. Yeah. And that yeah. that to me is something that, well, I know enough about myself to know that that is not a mental toughness that I would have. That takes a special kind of person to be able to put themselves Very. in those situations. Um, I, I know I can contribute in a small way and, you know, a, a percentage, you know, a very small percentage of what, what we're part of, what, what you've created with Unique Minds. But yeah. I, I hear you talk about these people and, and you read it in the press and you see these stories where you just go, wow, it, ma- it makes you step back and yeah. be so appreciative that there are such incredible strong people that are part of these services. Um, they really are amazing men and women. Um, and one thing that I really want to touch base on, because I've also been one of these parents where I've been at A&E with one of my, my children that, you know, possibly may have, you know, sprained their, sprained their ankle or mm. their wrist or whatever. Now, and you've got to wait for like two, three hours and it's really annoying. I know that as a parent, it can be so frustrating when you've got to try and keep your, the kid that's poorly um, okay. And then sometimes you might have other children with you. It can be very frustrating. But one message that I really, really want to get out of there 
is that when I took my son to Watford General and we got straight put straight into the children's A&E, I probably waited in that room. And bearing in mind, it was busy. It was very, very busy. Mm. I waited there for about five minutes. Wow. I then got taken into the person. And from that moment, obviously, once they knew that it was serious, we got rushed straight through. We were in a room by ourselves within 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then, you know, my son had, you know, the cannula things put in his arms. He was given morphine. He was given everything that he needed. So all I want to urge parents right now is that if you are a parent that is stressing at the receptionists or the doctors and nurses because you've been sitting there for two to three hours, I urge you to stop before you go and make that complaint because they work tirelessly day in, day out. And the reason why you're, you're waiting there for three hours is because there is a priority of someone that actually needs the care quicker Absolutely. than your child does. It's and I know that sounds harsh and it's, it's hard to swallow, but I saw that personally myself. And if they were not that quick, my son would have died. When you are going to go crazy at the receptionist and you're trying to cause havoc because, you know, your child is kicking and screaming because they don't want to be in there anymore. I feel I feel when it's frustrating and you the last thing we all want to be is sitting for three hours in an A&E. But just take that second of your angerness and think there's a child that's worse than mine. And having that perspective to take that step back, right? Take to that know step that, back. that it's, it's not, you know, it's not negligence. It's not apathy. It's, not. it's that they are and this incredible free service i mean look what they've done for covid yeah look what these warriors these soldiers they are superheroes look what these these nhs workers have done throughout covid work tirelessly taken on extra shifts they've got scars and bruises on their faces you know what i mean i watched them on this board and there was this one conversation as well that i walked past when i was trying to take my son to the toilet because it was very slow process us walking to the toilet um and so i caught many conversations and there was this one woman that um the sister was talking to this one woman she went you're not even supposed to be here and she went well i could leave you in the lurch but i'm not going to do that i'll stay until i'm not needed how many people do you hear say that in any job <laughs> wow well never and that's in and she's not going to get paid extra for staying She's not going to, they're not on hourly rate. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not, yeah, there's, they're no not gonna, there's no bonus. There's scheme, no bonus. There's no bonus for that. Well, we know yeah. that even though Boris, you know, should be giving bonuses to the NHS workers, not the executive. Sorry, I, I had to say that out loud. Um, but um, yeah, it's just, it is, it is shocking. And I really think that, you know, because I have personally seen so many people go crazy at these receptionists about waiting times. Right. Um, and I think that's something that people really, really need to take into perspective. But for me, um, you know, I know that people have had bad, bad situations in hospitals and with the NHS and that, but you get bad situations and everywhere you get, you get bad flipping care in a pub. You know, when you walk <laughs> there, you get bad service there. It's, you know, but I think it's it, about that happens everywhere. Yeah. It's about understanding why there's a weight though. Right. And I think yeah. that's what you've spoken yeah. to there, which is people assume that it's just because, oh, they're just doing this because it's a job. Or because they just, or they don't really, they're not invested in it emotionally. But actually, it it really is a matter of it's it's the highest possible stakes in a place yeah. like that. And if you're waiting two hours because someone else has had to be rushed through, that's because they're trying to save a person's life. Mm. And yeah. that, and having that perspective and that awareness, I think sometimes gets lost on people. Yeah. Um, because your world has to be small. You has it has to just contain what's going on with you. As much as you want to be empathetic to everyone else, you know, in those high pressure moments, you were thinking of your son. But yeah. at the same time, you didn't forget yourself. You remembered no. that there are other people that are also suffering, that are also being yeah. looked after by these incredible people. 
Yeah, um, absolutely amazing. I mean, there was parents in there, myself and other mums. We were making coffees for each other when, oh, nice. you know, yes, you know what I mean? And it's about supporting and being there for one another. You don't have to know this person. But you know what? If you can see a mum that is hurting, you know, because there were times when I had to walk out the room and I broke JT. I couldn't control myself. You know, when you're, you know, there was, he had to have four different, different antibiotics every four hours. And um, two of them had to go through his hand and they were freezing cold. It's like ice going through your arm. And um, he, every time he had it, it was, it was traumatising because he would cry so hard. And then every time the nurse would come back over, he would be like, what are they going to do to me now, mummy? I can't take anymore. And there was a point where I had to walk out. This amazing woman come over to me. She had no idea who I was. Um, but she could feel my pain because I couldn't cry in front of Riley. Hmm. I had to stay strong. And um, it's just a very, very hard situation that I never thought I'd be in. And I think, you know, we take too much for granted. And I massively took my children for granted, I think, a little bit. Like, we always think they're going to be there. Um, yeah, you always, the, the default is, of course, is that yeah. you go, well, I, I, I'm going to out, I, you know, they're going to outlive me, you know. And that, yeah. and that whole idea of, you know, that uh that suddenly was flipped on its head that's a that's a gut punch right but at the same yeah. time where what i take from what you're saying here though is this great um positive element where people just came together in that moment of like emotion someone was mm. there for you because they were just there they just saw you as yeah. a fellow human didn't matter what your background was who you were what you looked like it was just oh you 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 want a coffee you need a you need a shoulder yeah. right now you need you need just someone to be there for you i'm there for you and that that gives me faith in humanity still <laughs> you know with everything yeah, else yeah and if on. only we had more people that were like this you know this whole be kind hashtag be kind you know like we've spoken about this before with you know caroline flack this is why i didn't comment on it jt because being kind seems to be one of the hardest things in humanity Right. Like I swear, it is like, like it's the hardest thing for people to do. People find it easier to be a complete ass than they do to be nice. And actually, when you're nice, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it's so backwards. When you're isn't it? angry, it's, it... it makes you feel crap. It's so backwards, isn't it? That the thing that sh that should be easy, which is being courteous and yeah. empathetic and caring about others, that apparently is incredibly challenging for some people. Which yeah. is, uh, uh, that to me is baffling. I've never been able to understand that. Um, your conversation, by the way, about the NHS really got me thinking about America. And it got me thinking about their healthcare system. Because yeah. I tried to imagine, and it wasn't particularly pleasant, but I tried to imagine what would have happened mm. in terms of the, the financial pressure on yeah. you if you lived mm. in America. And yeah, I, it would have been awful. I what, probably wouldn't have been able to save my son. And this is the reality for hundreds of thousands of uninsured mm. Americans right now under mm. that system where they can't afford health insurance or maybe their company yeah. doesn't offer it. And, you know, you know their son breaks an arm or something mm. and they have to sell their house in order to yeah. pay for the x-ray and the consultancy. And yeah. I just think that when I can, it gave me this moment when I've been talking, because obviously we've been talking while you've been with yeah. Riley and looking after him. And yeah. it gave me this incredible perspective. What you were telling me about everything that was done for him and all of the incredible work they did, it really it kind of really struck me what mm. how fortunate we are and how just how like unbelievably important it is to protect the idea of the NHS. Oh, it's, 
It is so important. I mean, if, if we if we touch base on the personal health stuff that I've got going on, can you imagine if I had to pay for all these tests and stuff and biopsies that I've got to have, as well as help my son through um, what he's been going through, I just as don't well see as how... paying for support for mental health? Well, that, yeah, and then on top of that, life. You know, like life. just, just pay, buy, paying your bills and buy, doing your food shop. Yeah. You know, like continuing to live as you would normally, despite the circumstances that you've got with the medical mm-hmm. bills and etc. Like just the, well, just the idea of a medical bill to me is so yeah. frightening. It's remarkable to me just how much this stuff costs. And yeah, how crazy. And how so many people are having to shoulder that burden despite all the emotional pressure that's on them they're having to still go through this and then they're told okay here you go here's a bill at the end of it Mm. i just that i just can't wrap my head around and we are just so we're so lucky to have what we have in this country we are we are super lucky don't get me wrong there are certain um organizations of the nhs that don't quite work but when it comes to the hospitals and and the care i can't in my personal experience um from what happened last week um they were outstanding and they personally are to me my super my superheroes uh, you I know can, i, I just agree yeah 100 so, so this was the second part of this that i wanted to talk to you about which is that yeah. you know uh riley was in how many days was he in hospital three he was in for three days yeah and i know there'd been there'd been a kind of a bit of uncertainty of like okay depending on how he's feeling and and, and how the recovery goes he may end up having to go back for a checkup but that yeah. didn't happen if that's right he, he's no it didn't he's, thank he's, god he's, yeah it's amazing he's still home he's an absolute soldier with this which is just yeah. unbelievable um but i wanted to now on the other side of that talk about now your home right mm. and i think it's been so interesting when we've spoken you know privately mm. about how how resilient and how brilliant your son is in the face in the face of what can be extremely uncomfortable i mean this is a kid who is you know didn't you say like 10 minutes before we started recording this you were having a conversation with him about no you can't play basketball right now yeah yeah and he even picked up the basketball it's not heavy (laughs) is that that what he said (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that's what that that's what what his words were it's not heavy mommy it's not heavy mommy <laughs> That's it's, fantastic. Oh, so what? So what have you done like at home now? What have you been doing to kind of like adjust things? Because obviously he's off school, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're there. So what have what have you done? Kind of like I know that you've done some moving around in his room, hadn't you? Yes, bit? yes. So we we adjusted where his TV was, so we got all that moved. Okay. Um. Yeah. So he could see it properly because obviously when you because he didn't have keyhole surgery, he had to have open surgery because it right. was so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he had to have open surgery. So obviously the recovery is a lot longer and his TV was on the side of the wall where he had to turn to the side to watch it. So obviously we got all that moved. Oh, right, because he, um, he couldn't lean on that side, right? So... Yeah, he couldn't lean on right. that side. So, oh, so you actually moved, just... you moved the TV to a different wall. Yeah, That's so fantastic. we had to take that off the wall. Um, it was worth it. It's what us parents do, isn't it? Um, and so we got a wheelchair as well, because the one thing that I found is that, you know, I don't think it's healthy for a kid to be stuck in. He he can walk. Mm. Um, so we actually come up to yours one day, didn't we? Outside. We did. We we did it. We did it like a a socially distance in the car park, didn't we? Yeah, (laughs) we did. Didn't we? And he loved that. Um, we've been doing a lot of art. Um, and actually I, I tell you what, because I've had a lot of time with just him, I really kind of got to know my son. So this is the positive side because mm. I think when there's other siblings involved, JT, I think there's always, you know, you're to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. I've been able to have some beautiful conversations with my boy. 
beautiful conversations. I mean, wow. the other day, yeah, the other day we actually sat here. Now, anyone knows I'm not a snake person, but my son is and he has one. I'm a mad. I can't believe I've got a snake in my house. <laughs> um, but we actually sat there um, for a good like an hour and a half. Now, you know, I'm not a fan of YouTube, but my kids love it. Um, and we sat there watching all about this snake stuff. And it's just little things. I think with me, I've had a wake up call on mm how much I mean I knew I always know that I love my children but I love spending time with them and I want to spend more time with them because let's be honest by the time they're 13 14 we ain't gonna see them they're off <laughs> hey they're man, out with their I've, I've got a teenager myself and that's uh, that's rapidly happening <laughs> exactly so you know for me and this is the positive sides that I'm taking out of what's happened because I could mm. really you know obviously I was quite emotional with you and Kit as well I really I was struggling last week I was struggling I really thought I'm gonna I'm close to having a breakdown I mean to the point as well where not yesterday the day before my cat actually had something hang out of his bum it was like a piece of string <laughs> Um, and I, <laughs> you can't and so, just yeah, suck a punch me with that. You can't. Yeah. No Everyone's got a vision now of my cat having. Yeah, string I have a really cat. specific mental picture of that. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> and so yes, yeah, so I called the vets out of hours, and I had to rush him straight there because it could have been wrapped around his organs and his stomach. Right. So you can't pull. 192 pound they said for an emergency and I literally stood in my front room and the kids were there and Stella one of my best friends because she was going to watch the kids for me while I took him, and I I actually broke down. Because I was like, and even though it was a, a, my cat's poorly, but, you know, it wasn't, it was the whole two weeks of what had yeah. been going on. It's like another thing, right? <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> Can we catch a break on this one? <laughs> and so I've just kind of, what I've taken from this is, do you know what? I think for a little while, my journey is clearly filled with humps and bumps at the minute. So I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm just working through these humps and bumps, JT. <laughs> And, you know, the biggest thing for me that has helped me get through this is talking about how I'm feeling. I actually said to Kit and Stella, who are my kind of full on support, you know, we have, our, you know, as I've always said to people, I have my own triangle. You know, I, I like yeah. I, I talk to people um, and I said to Stella and Kit for the first time in my life, I am at the point where I I woke up one morning and I was like, I, I can't do this. I don't want to be here anymore. But I know I need to be here. So it's the first time that I've now had this feeling. I've never had that feeling. I've either had that feeling of I feel great, I'm ready for today, or I want to kill myself. Um, whereas I am now at the point where I know I can't leave my children. You know, their dad isn't in their life. They need me. Um, so I'm at that point mentally where I know suicide isn't the way. But I, like I said to Kit and Stella, I still have that nervousness of what if it does get to that? Because I'm at the moment, I'm like, I know that I can't do that. I know that, you know, I've never felt where I'm like, I don't want to be here, but I know I have to be. I've, I've never experienced that. That must be it's quite, a, must be quite yeah. like a, a euphoric moment, right? Where you yeah. kind of realize, oh, no, I, I do have purpose. I do have yeah. reasons and I'm I'm ready to, with support, not on my own. I'm ready to do this. And that's important. This. Yeah. You're not fighting this alone. And that's, yeah. you've essentially like created that with Unique Minds. You've proven, mm. you are living proof that that methodology works. This is why I say to the guys, the members, is use the team because the team are my support. Right, right. <laughs> I've given you what's got me to this point. Yeah, You've we... got these guys. Use them. Enjoy them. You know, because I think sometimes we do have problems sometimes with some of the members. But it's not a problem because I'm always here. But where they, they, they're a little bit nervous to reach out to somebody else because they don't know if they're going to get the same response. Guys. You're going to get the same. These, these, this, the team is outstanding. The inbox team is just superb. And the inbox team, obviously I'm in it as well, but these guys are my support. When I'm feeling bad, you guys are the people that I go to. Um, 
but I think in time people will 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 notice that and 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 they get it. But well, I yeah, think situations it's so like, important to talk. Situations like this, I think, are proving that because throughout that whole thing where it felt like it was one speed bump after another, yeah, you, you were still talking to us. We were supporting oh God, you yeah. as much as we could, and yeah. you, I know, have spoken publicly and privately about the fact that uh, you you believe you practice what you preach you believe yeah. in the power of sharing and talking when you're mm. ready um but no but it's about finding the right community in the right place to do that and yeah. i think that's that's the message that i i've always as someone who is part of this team that's something mm. i believe in myself but i see it in your actions i see it in what oh. you do and i see it in the way that we all conduct ourselves as a crew well, it's like it's like me and Abby were having. Abby is our fitness coach, and mm. I and I was I was having a conversation with her this morning because I and I've spoken to you about this. Is that obviously I'm bipolar. I don't take any medication. And I'm not saying that that's the way, guys. It's completely every individual is different. Um, but I've decided to go down the route of non-medicating myself. But you can't just have no medication and do nothing with it. Right. So I've always done mindfulness and fitness. But the last two, three weeks, I haven't done either one of those. So what's to say that that's not why I'm feeling a little bit crappy? Because I haven't been doing the two things that I put into play to keep me straight, kind yeah. of keep me kind of cool. Fitness massively helps me. I'm beaming today. I felt like crap this morning, JT. Like I'm not even joking. I felt like absolute crap. Another morning of waking up, I don't want to be here, but I know I've got to. And that sometimes can be really hard because there's so much pressure on you because you don't want to be here, but you know you've got to be here. Do you know what I mean? So and all, we've always said pressure is one of my one of my triggers. It's a right. massive trigger. And I think pressure is a big trigger for a lot of people. But I've done fitness this morning with Abby and I feel great. I'm ready for my day. I'm I'm beaming, mate. Like I feel so good. Well, there'll be and a... that's because I've done something that I know makes me feel good. But a lot of the time, people don't want to do the fitness because we can't be asked. I've been lazy the last couple of weeks because even though my son is poorly, I know if I rung up Abby up and said, right, can you send me over a workout? She'd do it. She'd send it straight away to me. But I haven't wanted to be bothered. She'd have it. she'd have that video prepped before you even asked. Literally, I swear you know? to you, she would. She'd be like, finally, I can now send her the video that I prepped for her for ages ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so... that, that is interesting that you speak to that because I think that that is a you've recognized the value in it for your approach yeah and, and that works for you and that's great and that's so cool and, and it, i think it's great for other people to hear that actually mm. it is a really valid option that you could could consider exploring yeah. right um and it can be really good for you um this is something by the way there's so much more we're going to talk about um yes. and i know that in uh, over the course of our first season of podcasts we're going to be producing 10 episodes that take us up to christmas um, we're going to have different guests on every week, but I know, Zoe, I'm definitely going to shotgun you again oh, yes. to get you back in for some I multiple episodes. You know me, I love to talk, JT. <laughs> well, it's a great format for you because you have a <laughs> you have perfect. me, you have me, a captive audience, plus I'm recording it. So it's, I know, it's, I get you know, to talk for half an hour, I love it. It's great. So listen, <laughs> Zoe, thank you so, so much for, um, for, for jumping on this first episode. Um, I want to give a shout out to our, uh, our patrons um, yes. who are going to be listening to this three days early from the public release thank you so much for your support to every single yes. one of you that have pledged money to our patreon campaign um we have all kinds of amazing fun rewards and perks for pledging that regular support you can also give a one-off donation if you want to all the information is on our patreon page which is patreon.com slash unique minds um 
I want to give a shout out as well to the rest of our amazing community at the Unique Minds Facebook group. If you are listening to this podcast and, and aren't a member of the group right now, give us a search on Facebook, Unique Minds. We have daily topics talking about uh, mindfulness, healthy eating, self-worth, art therapy, and fitness. Um, we also have the Unique Minds inbox where you can get private, free, one-to-one support um, from our dedicated team. Uh, Zoe, thank you so, so much again for jumping and on this first you, episode. And thank you, JT, for taking on, you know, hosting these pods. I can't wait to listen to them. It's going to be good fun. Um, yeah. And I, and I reckon as you track over the course of the season, you're going to be able to, like, audibly listen to my delirium. <laughs> as, I, <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as it goes on, we're like, we're now on episode 512. <laughs> Oh, Um, I love that. Well, listen, to everyone listening, whether you're listening on the early access uh, three days ahead or you're listening to it when it goes live, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in to the official Unique Minds podcast. Uh, I am JT, joined this week again by Zoe Godden. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. and we'll Love uh... you guys. Take care. Well, that's awesome, isn't it? I love that. I just love doing pods. You know, I always get excited.